When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Anything in particular you want to start with? Talk about James Bond, I suppose. Bames John. Bames John. Bameson John. What's poppin' everybody? Hello and welcome to Popcorn Culture. My name is Ben Carlin and I am your host. Here with me today is my brother Jay, who will be in every episode. I have to say, Ben, that was 10 out of 10 better than the AI wrote your intro for you. Oh, thank you. You know, much more concise, right to the point. Boom, we're started the show. Boom, bam. Boom, bam. We're in it. We're in it. So we probably need a topic. Hey, do you believe in soulmates? Do I believe in soulmates? Oh my gosh. Wow, just getting straight to it. Just straight straight to it. it. Just just, just hit you. We even discussed beforehand. It's like, hey, we'll talk about something else. And I was like, psych! Okay, so gonna, gonna de- hit you with this bad boy. Define soulmates, meaning two people who are literally born with the destiny of meeting each other, or else two people who, should they meet each other, are actually like soul, like like souls who were designed to be together if they can only find each other, or just two people who are really great together. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. In a lot of ways, I feel like the idea of, of a soulmate is is very open to interpretation. But well, exactly. But, <laughs> Uh, obviously, because without yeah. saying, because there was um, three right there, because there were three right there, and I think all of those are completely applicable. But I have also discovered um, a phrase, like I've heard said throughout the years, but it's it's kind of like the like for all intents and purposes, like it's one of those things that like people would say, and it would sort of like using context clues. It's like I understand what you mean, like like the, like I don't even know if I've ever really focused a whole lot on the words intents and purposes, just yeah. like like in general generally speaking right you know is, is like what is like what i hear when i hear that phrase yeah um and another one of those that i have heard throughout the years is the phrase kindred spirits yeah um which in is is kind of like one of those things like oh, th- these people they're kindred spirits you know um and it was just sort of like yeah they get along um but i i we alice and i were having an interesting conversation about this the other day because um throughout all of our years we we've like we've certainly like touched on this topic before and like you know we've we've run through a myriad of different like like kind of like what ifs ourselves like for example when i was applying to colleges um i ended up getting accepted early to radford which is where i ended up going to school right and then uh like i got late acceptance to james madison university which is where your by your wife beth went to school correct and um, I, I've always thought in my head, if I'd gotten those acceptance letters on the same day, there's a much greater likelihood that I would have committed to JMU right. instead. And I think that um, in a lot of ways, I've always been I've always been so curious, like how different my path would have gone right like what like, would your life look like today if you'd made this one decision differently exactly because because while alice and i technically like had had like a piece of contact w- while we were at school we were not like we weren't like friends you know like we wouldn't have like waved at each other as we passed each other on the on the quad or right something like yeah that. like that was that was not really like the kind of relationship it was just sort of she went to a high school from like our local area and like facebook was really big at the time we were going to school and it was kind of like people had already attached like their universities to you know like their their facebook handles or whatever right. so technically like they were still like uh, verging high school graduates but it might say like you know like like Alice Radford University or whatever. Right. And so I, I think that that is actually technically how we even ended up like becoming friends on Facebook in the first place. So anyway, which ended up eventually like seven years, eight years down the line being the way that we made contact and now we're married and have a child together and everything. But in a lot of ways, like there's, there's in, when I think of soulmates, I think of it as like, this is like, um, it's like a destiny thing. Like, like I think it's interesting to imagine almost like like souls that are magnetized towards one another 
because there's always that thought of like, like what are the odds of you, like in the whole wide world, 8 billion people, what are the odds of you finding your person, like the, like the, the predestined soulmate? I mean, if it's predestined, then it's a hundred percent. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And but so the, my thought there though, is that like this, this means that like, if we're magnetized, then it's like, it doesn't matter if I went to JMU because it would mean that I would have had, because if I had gone to I JMU. Would, okay, go ahead, go ahead. Okay, so here's my proposal would be that like, if if I had gone to JMU instead, then it would be the case that I would have had this in, this entire set of like life circumstances. Maybe I would have joined like a fraternity or something or like done, done things very differently than like the way that I did them at Radford. Maybe mm-hmm. even just because geographically speaking, it would have been like further from home. Maybe, maybe my own psychology would have like lent itself to being like, I'm, I'm more of an independent person now. Because you even went to Radford for your first first year of college. I did yeah so even that was like there was there was like some pre-established like formula for like even like what this looks like and how right. it would behave and, and all the rest of and it like you went to Radford and then like roomed with like friends from high school yes so you were like still near home and then literally living with people from home yes yeah, yeah. and then in addition to that I also had the aquarium business back home which which would like continuously right. be like a reason to like go back and like have these like touches right you were like uh, this will come up again later you were like close enough to the aquarium business that it was it, it you you could still drive there yes in an inconvenient way whereas if you'd been at jam you there you just absolutely would have been too far it would have just been too far yeah. it would have been like well I, I i can't do that then. yeah so that would have been the thing um so like there's a possibility at that point in time that like we don't end up buying the aquarium business mm-hmm. in the first place because we didn't buy that until march of 2008 um and that would have been like after, like well after I would have already committed to Radford, and right. before I would have been accepted to JMU in the first place anyway. And so the the whole entire equation here is sort of like, if I had had this entire other set of life circumstances, and Alice and I are in fact soulmates, like if, if that's like the belief here, then that version of me would also be asking the question, man, you know, like it's it's wild because you would think like she went to Radford if I had made the decision to go to Radford instead then surely we would have met and like that relationship could have potentially oh, right. been yeah, there. Like, yeah, like, like, it, like if you had gone to JMU, but now you were still married to Alice right now. Yes. And you'd been like, yeah, you'd be like, man, I so closely went to Radford. Can you imagine if I did? We definitely would have met. But like, weirdly, we know that story. And no, you wouldn't. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah no, you wouldn't. Um, and even even more interestingly is like the other thing that Alice and I have talked a lot about is that like we were at such different phases in our lives while we were at school mm-hmm. that there is a like if we had met proper at school i think that there's a a, an even greater likelihood that things would have been more of like a college relationship and not Mm. maybe not made it out of right uh, of that time it still doesn't seem impossible that you could have gone to jmu and like because you did have a bunch of friends at radford that had you gone there you'd have had reason to visit yes you know yeah like you still could have like crossed paths in some like much more social only non-academic way right right so yeah. so to so to bring it back to the original question the the thought here is almost like like because i know that a lot of people when that when they question the idea of soulmates i think that they're like you know the, the idea that there's this like one person out there for you and like you know like whatever so like the the argument would be here is like like if it's real then you're just so it's it, it's like i i predestined is is the word that is correct but i like this this i don't even know if it is no okay 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 because if it's predestined then you couldn't have ever made any of those other decisions anyway predestined makes it like the way you're describing it's like you have a certain amount of free choice but no matter what all the paths will lead back to good point to alice okay but like if if it's uh if it's predestined then you were always on the path to her no matter what. True. And so all the choices you were going you did make, you were always going to make. Right. Right. Okay. So, so like I maybe this is where magnetize is better because that allows for a certain amount of free will, but no matter what you choose, eventually you will sort of be like whoop, back together. Yes. Although magnetized also allows for like these are two people who like would come near each other, but also seems like you could you could end up with someone else. But, well, I guess that's a good point too. It's a good point too. Um, because yeah, that's a good point. I don't, I don't even know how to, I don't know how to argue it, but that's, you're right. Like, but the, the question in my mind, cause I, I, in, in like the MCU or Marvel comics, for example, there's this concept of like nexus events or nexus mm-hmm. characters. And the idea is that like in the, in the greater wide multiverse, like in, in every other multiverse, there's another version of 
um, like Tony Stark and in, in, in any of those, maybe he's good, bad, other different, never discovers he's Iron Man, like whatever. Um, but then like a Nexus character is someone who is like the same always. Um, and so that, that was like one of those things I was like, oh man, what a fascinating concept to apply to real life where it's like, like you ending up with Alice is your like, like she's like your Nexus person. It's like, it's like, it can happen a million different ways, but it always, that will always happen. Mm. You know what I mean? Right. Like no, no matter what you, you will like, you will always like this thing will always happen. It might always look a little bit different. It might end up going different ways, but it's like, no matter what this, this point will be a part of your timeline mm-hmm. regardless. Right. That's interesting. But yeah. see, cause if that's true, then it's like, um, then it's true for like your, like your parents and stuff too. Right. Uh, yeah, so then it's like so, yeah. everyone that, that would mean that like the multiverse is governed by like soulmate style relationships wherein everyone ends up with the same people all the time and thus the same people are always created all the time. Yes. Right? Apparently. Apparently. Yeah. But that would be it up. It's sort of a, it's sort of an interesting variation though on the uh like on the idea of the multiverse because it means that like and if you could go through and like look at all of them it's like they're all always the same except different in every other way okay i think i've talked about this before this has been like my sort of like background idea for like a like a like a book or something okay at one point that is it is along the same lines wherein your your central character would be confronted by some you know the uatu the watcher whatever type being who can see all of the possibilities right yep. or whatever and they're talking to you the person the main character in the story and they it is it vitally important for all of all realities that you end up with the like you know your your soulmate in in your reality okay right and because and what's unique about the main character of my story is that of all of the um of all of the realities, this is the only time in which in which they these two people meet and end up together. Okay. So like let's say Okay, yes, right, yes, yes, yes. Which which is important because it means that their offspring is a singular being. Oh, interesting. And that's okay. why and that's why they are important. And so their offspring would be like the, the most singular person, which would you know, then that, that would perhaps endow them with some amount of ability to say to say that yeah, to chosen one the situation or whatever. Right, right, right. But and I've because I've thought about this for like years at this point, and I'm like, the problem is that like, you know, how would you, you know, the, it seems like there'd be so many infinite versions of you, but like in this scenario, there would not be, right? Like you could, you could like narrow it down because like, whilst there are infinite possibilities out there, there's not infinite copies of you out there because there's not an infinite number of times in which your parents have met to produce you. So like for the sake of the story, you could still have like, yeah, you exist a lot out there, but maybe there's only like, you know, 3,000 versions of you that exist in all of the infinite possibilities. Okay. Because that's the number of times your parents have met or whatever, right? So in that case, then you can go through and look at the characters like, you know, 200 and 2,999 other instances. And I think what would be fun about that is that like the main character would be able to like, you know, visit those other scenarios and like see what happened. And like, you could have like, oh yeah, like 90% of the time you pretty much marry that girl from college. Like that's pretty much always it. Right. Right. Like, but like, and then there's like 80% of the time you, that girl you met here when you were kids, it it's, it's her like 8% of the time. And then there's like 20 instances of this one crazy girl, <laughs> you know, or whatever. <laughs> sure. 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 Right. Or, or whatever it is, you yes, know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, 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 yeah. like sort of the more, uh, like, like just interesting yeah. side plot that could have happened. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like yeah. the side plots. And then, you know, you'd need some like actual other like singular evil person that you could end up with or something to like Ooh, round out the story or something yeah, but whatever yeah. this the would adversary. be the this would be the situation is that you're you're in jeopardy of messing up creating the chosen one that's the that's the crux of the story okay or whatever but so i don't know that's that's sort of my my i don't know how exactly we got there but <laughs> no i love it i love it no, okay, it's very cool. interesting it yeah. makes me think that like like luke must be the chosen one right like yeah right if, if if there's you know three thousand different jays out there and i'm the only one who ever married beth then luke and nick and Nate are extremely unique right right right, right. This is a question when you're at your first book signing, someone will inevitably ask you. Yeah. They're gonna be like, they're gonna be like, so are you living in in the one? Right, yes. The the chosen nun. Probably. The chosen nun. <laughs> I'm trying, I was trying to think of a witty title. <laughs> We're gonna workshop that. <laughs> 
It is not great. Not great. Not great. Could be better. Could be better. Um, okay. Okay. Well, that's interesting. So my, my next thought here was because um, when when Alice and I were having this particular conversation about about soulmates and such, she was talking about one of her best friends, and she was like, I, like, I think I think that they're they're one of my soulmates, and I was like, see, I think that you guys are like the kindred spirit mm-hmm. uh, terminology. Like it's it's like you guys you guys are like the it, like. I, and I know this probably just sounds like another version of like cliche, uh, like like descriptors in terms of the, like the sentiment maybe, but it's almost like you guys are puzzle pieces that like fit together is is sort of like how I, I imagine like a like a kindred spirit. It's like every everything that you are are things that they're not in a way that they need and vice versa. And so it's like when like like slid together, it's like it like makes like just the the perfect combination of like of like chemistry between two people Uh um but the interesting thing about that one for me at least is that i remember uh, and i think i have talked about this particular person in my life before once upon a time um but when i was working at petland i felt like i had met one of those people oh that was like your that was a kindred spirit to you yes yes seth seth Seth. right yeah i think i've talked about seth before yeah and um he was like one of those people i was like when i met it was like it was like I could not believe how quickly we just like completely got along. Right. You know, I was like, this is interesting. And so like, we were like really close buddies, but then it was like also the type of thing where it was like, there was, there was like this, like one X factor that was going to cause him to just go like in a completely different direction altogether. And it like went from being like my best bud to just like, I, I literally have no idea where he is where seth is in the world now. right you know and it's like one of those things where it's like it's like sometimes i'm like how do i find this person it's like carp girl all over oh again. <laughs> carp girl. we haven't talked about her in a while mark your bingo cards people do you think yeah maybe that's one of my one of my alternate realities like you said like that person you met during yeah childhood, right yeah like, maybe carp girl is one of those maybe and it's, like, it's like one of our favorite stories to tell people right like, <laughs> it's oh, like oh man it's like you wouldn't believe it yeah she she thought i pushed her in with the carp i didn't yeah <laughs> no i was laughing real i was laughing too hard to have pushed i know yeah no could have done it could for, the, for those people who have not listened to the entire back catalog of the pop, the very brief uh, story here is that I was at physics camp and we went on a Can class. I just say how cool you were as a kid? Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. I know. I, it was, I felt like it really oozed out of me. Went to physics camp and um, we took a field trip during physics camp to uh, the local Smith Mountain Lake uh, Dam uh, where there is like a little dock platform where you can like buy popcorn and feed the carp. Sure. And there are so many any carp that you could basically like walk across yeah. this platform of fishes. Yeah, they're so um, trained to eat the popcorn. Yes. I mean it was it was like just thousands of them in like a 20 by 20 area. It was it was so it's it's absurd. Um anyway, one of the girls on the trip whose name I cannot remember mm. um fell in with the carp. Yeah. And it was just like it was one of these it was it was such an incident and I've always wanted to like refind that person so I could like have a conversation about <laughs> this story <laughs> and I've never been able to find her. So in case you have like a friend or a cousin or you know like an in-law or something who happens to be carp girl, you know, yeah. be like, sure because it, it feels line. like whoever she is, this story is like infamous to her. It like has it to has be. to be the case that her whole family and every friend she's ever met knows the story of falling in the carp when she was feeding them the popcorn and like like it it stands to reason that someone listening to the show knows her no carp girl anyway that's why the show is called popcorn culture that's no. it that's it yes because we're it's actually a, it's a it's the long con <laughs> it's the long you, con you feed the carp the popcorn the popcorn mm-hmm. yeah, yeah this whole show is just designed around finding carp girl carp girl yeah one of these days one of these one days, days. no that's not why it's called that's not why it's the name show um anyway so what were we talking about soulmates yes soulmates so yes. you think you think Al- alice was describing one of her friends as a soulmate as a soulmate but i would argue kindred spirit oh I, I would um, yes i would have to agree with you because to me that sounds like alice is suggesting that one can have multiple soulmates which which to me not not that maybe i think to me the more common meaning of soulmate is there is you and one other and that uh, so and, singular soul so singular soul not souls mates not not soul mates yeah you don't have soul mates souls mates yeah the whole that feels like the whole premise of the idea is that there's only one other yes it, it, all, it, it, it also typically um evokes uh a romantic relationship 
It does feel that way. It, is yeah, is it, how it, I have. I, if you, I've never heard anyone describe like a platonic soulmate. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, so maybe, maybe it's the case that you are, um, that like everybody has within, like, so ev- every single person is both, uh, like the the center of their own universe, uh, and they have people who are in their orbits, who are their kindred spirits, mm-hmm. right? Um, but those people themselves also have, they are the center of their own universes right. as well. People are not like side characters to other people's stories, right. except they are, they just have their own stories and the other people are side characters in their stories. Sure, that makes you, sense. You I track, I track. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. so maybe that's the case, is that you you have kindred spirits floating in your orbit who help guide you to your ultimate magnetized soulmate. Oh, okay. That's my... Wow. <laughs> we got real heady. We got real heady. <laughs> this is like, it's so tricky because like, it, you know, I, I wouldn't even say that it like with the idea, like once you're with someone for like a very long time, like it's very easy to like, you know, it, it also suggests that your soul is the way it is since you existed forever. Like that. I don't know that you wouldn't like change or grow with another person or something. Right. Okay. Necessarily. Or like I always remember this was like it's kind of funny to think back on this. But when like Beth and I started dating in high school, it was like. You know, I think many of the conversations were about like just how so different we were and how I was like, oh, you know, opposites attract. Like that phrase came up like all the time like, around like, us. Like I to me, like we like, you know, we really couldn't have been much more different. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, uh, I Well, I, and I will say that um, I think that I even remember sharing that sentiment. Right. Like like talk about strong opinions about weak things. Like I think that we have grown as people. A just just a whole lot yeah. since we were since we were high schoolers. Yes. Um. But as high schoolers, I definitely feel like we had we had like our little strong opinions about weak things then. And um. And so like I remember like you know Beth was obviously like a huge part of who she was was being like a member of like the marching band. Right. Uh, which was just something that like we just didn't really have like any other other like affiliation with because we, right. we were cross country runners. Right. Yeah. So, so we it, were. You know we weren't we weren't like football players where like you know like there was even like that that potential like crossover like we all play on the same field you know at the end of the day. Right. Yeah. The Friday night thing. I don't think the marching band ever came to one of our cross country meets. Not a chance. Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. No. So um I do remember thinking that, but then the other interesting thing is that like. Uh, as now like adults is that Beth is like completely like also found running yeah. as like the foundation of like, I feel like a, a huge like source her, of like, like yeah, her. like number one hobby. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's like, maybe you guys were incredibly similar, just hadn't realized. Well, that, that's it, what I'm saying. It's just like, you know, it's, it's so funny that back then you, I could have described us as like complete opposites. Whereas if you met us today, you would like, that is the last thing you would describe us as. I would as say opposites. you're complete you, similar. Yeah. We're like, you would, you would be like, yeah, you're the exact same. Like all of your, like you're aligned on like everything, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or it's just like, like, I don't know if that was like always true or if it's like when you're younger, you use more like external things to help define who you are, where like as then, you know, maybe like that's what always kept us together was like at the core of it all. We have like the same values and like outlook and future hopes, whereas our interests are different. But those core things kept us on track together, whereas like as an adult, like those things are more prevalent and prominent on on display all the time. Right. Whereas you don't need all of these external things to help like define you anymore. That's a I think that is a just absolutely fantastic way of of recognizing what I feel like it, it it is yeah it's almost like what you guys had was foundations that were just so so solid so similar that fit together so perfectly even if everything that was like built on those maybe had like a different aesthetic at the time right. because as everything grew and everything got bigger and more important like they, they it turns out those two different architectural styles perfectly meshed together right exactly um, so exactly. no i think that's 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 pretty interesting okay well it feels like a good spot for a transition transition popcorn culture is supported by arena club okay so you guys know that i love trading card games and that me and ben are big time collectors of pokemon cards you know it's that childhood fantasy of finally being able to use adult money to buy those highly coveted rares of our youth and like even in our office we have not one but two full display cases with some of our all-time favorite rarest cards that we've pulled but something i did not know existed when i was a kid in my youth was the grading process for trading cards or sports cards or whatever you're collecting you know to me it was just like a rare charizard is a rare charizard like it doesn't doesn't matter if it's been hanging out in my pocket with my lucky paper clip 
Turns out it does matter and kind of a lot because if you get your cards professionally graded, it can add huge value. And then not only that, but once they're graded, they will like seal them in that pristine condition inside of a plastic case or what's known in the industry as a slab. And that's where Arena Club steps in because it's like buying a booster pack, but it's for a pre-graded card. Now, I know that can take like maybe a second to wrap your head around because you're opening physical cards on a digital platform, which means you open the pack online and see your polls where they can be added to your showroom for the world to see. But you can also request them to be sent to you at any time. So they have got a ton of pre-graded cards and then you will get to randomly open one and then they'll keep it for you or they can send it to you or you can just like sell it or trade it online or whatever you want to do. But whether you're buying, selling, trading or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform you have got to check out. And right now you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash pop pop, which wow, that is a crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's like $40 right there. Anyway, that's arenaclub.com slash pop pop for 10% off your first purchase. Popcorn Culture is sponsored by Shopify. Y'all are likely aware of the fact that we have our very own Shopify store, Carlin Brothers Mercantile, and it's hard to imagine not having it now, but arriving at the decision to open our own web store was a big one. In fact, we started our journey on the interweb back in 2012 and didn't finally open up shop until 2018. And a huge part of that is just not knowing where to start, but that's where Shopify steps in. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, which is a fancy way of saying it's a really easy and effective way to start an online business, no matter if you're operating out of your garage or have like a whole building or three or something. Once we were set up, our biggest concern was trying a new product only to discover no one was interested in it. But Shopify is powered with so many reports, more than you can even imagine. And this is so handy because it allows us to use data to better provide what folks are actually interested in. It's so easy to use, but even if you do find yourself caught in a jam, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash pop pop. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash pop pop now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash pop pop. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ben, I see here under uh, Wicks of the Peak. Wicks of the Peak? Wicks of the Peak that you've got um, zebra cakes. That's all. That's all. That's just, all, man. That's it. Okay. Tell me about zebra cakes. Let me just tell the you. The second tier Little Debbie snack. Second tier. <laughs> how dare you? No. Second tier. Do you know how fast we ran out of zebra cakes in this office when we got zebra cakes for the first time? Quickly. Instantly. There's you want to no know what doubt. else we didn't run out of as fast? What? Every single other thing. You know why? That's because we restocked the oatmeal cream pies nonstop because everyone can't stop eating them. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You tell yourself. Yeah. I will you tell sell yourself that, whatever yeah. you please. Do you remember as a child the snack basket? Ben, of course I remember the snack basket. The snack basket. So mom, mom was uh she had this she had the snack basket. Yeah. And um, I would say that like we definitely grew up and mom had like a, a great formula I always felt for our packed lunches, which was that you would have like your your main sandwich, like a pack of like a like chips of some kind, some description, um, yeah. a, a drink and like a dessert. Mm-hmm. Was there also like a fruit in there? It was like there was one other thing like normally. Other thing. Yeah. 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 Anyway. But so very frequently the the dessert would be 
uh, like a cosmic brownie. Yeah. You know, uh, Swiss cake rolls. I remember were like a really big Fantastic. one from the little Debbie's lineup. The nutty bars. Yeah. Is that what they're that's called? Like, that's like D tier. Whoa. Little Debbie treats. Yeah. Fotshire. Yeah, that's right. Holy goodness. You okay. heard it here. You were really like, you're just going after everything I mean, today. I'm, look, I'm, no, zebra cake. Me. Zebra cakes are. Of course, actually amazing. I was oh. just, I was just giving you a good ribbon over there. You, I, it worked. Yeah. It worked exceptionally well. Nutty bars, D tier. No <laughs> doubt. There's no doubt. I can't be convinced otherwise. Don't even try. Well, so anyway, one of the things that we never had as kids growing up. Well, and, and so I, w- I would also say this is that because we had them um, so often growing up, it was. I think that like many of these things. Uh, after you know so many years of of schooling and packed lunches and everything, just just kind of slowly like stopped feeling like the the same treat that maybe it was originally that like oh. led us to filling the snack basket with these particular you know grabables yeah um which we have we have uh, our, our good buddy john and i felt like whenever you went to john's house there was like bowls of candy everywhere everywhere and i swear i have I, this is not like a verified parenting tactic but i swear i felt like it prevented all of their kids from wanting candy because it was just like we're gonna make it everywhere yeah it's just so available all the time they'll just get tired of it and it like that was the case it was the case yes like you know like you walk in and be like it's just reese's reese's like on the can i have one and i was like yeah "Yeah, of course course, man yourself dude yeah and it was just like and i would i know yeah it was so great it was so great but anyway um so i think that growing up what happened was uh, a lot of these things kind of just became like like second, uh, like second grade. You know, it's just sort of like like I could take it or leave it. Like I'm not I'm not excited about it. It's usually something I see more as like sustenance than I would see as as like a treat. A How, zebra cake? No, 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 no. Oh. The other things, every all the aforementioned. Okay. Um, the Swiss cake rolls, the nutty bars, the cosmic gotcha. brownies. Gotcha. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. 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 But, but we didn't have zebra cakes. Is we what didn't you're have saying. zebra I cakes. See. We didn't have zebra cakes. And uh, so then I think at some point in time I found those as an adult, and now I. I just have the sheer pleasure of getting to enjoy them like without having had them in packed lunches for 180 days a year right for 12 years of schooling right um so do you buy zebra cakes on the reg now well sometimes sometimes they don't last very long that's true as i as you know i love myself a good convenience store i do and and so it is one of those (laughs) one thing i know about you and the external ways in which you define your personality yes yes (laughs) it's like one of my key hobbies you know there's like there's like exercise weightlifting mountain biking rock climbing convenience stores one of these things is not like the rest um and it's mountain biking obviously it requires yeah. uh it requires a tool a lot of extra yeah, yeah you yeah. know materials spokes none of the yeah. other things have spokes. very expensive to get into <laughs> yeah um so but yeah so, so sometimes i'll go the other thing in addition to zebra cakes that i love so very much are are any of the holiday versions of zebra cakes uh, dude ben there can be no doubt that like the christmas tree little debbie cakes the best are so good I remember this this past year, like coming into the holidays, like we we have some office snacks around here, and it, there was just like a standing order. Like anytime you're there, if you see the Christmas cakes, just get as many, just get them. And it was like, and like despite this order to just scoop up as many as possible, I think all of December we managed to get one box. One box, yeah, the whole time. Everyone know. knows. Everyone knows. Everyone knows. And I wish they didn't know because it means that we can't ever get them. Ugh. I know. So anyway, yeah, that's just my wick of the peak. Is just it's just zebra cakes. If you haven't had one, I'd recommend going and getting them. I also am like half determined to see if I can't try to make my own. Oh, like, like make your own zebra cakes. I, that sounds like a. Like a potential episode from the now defunct Bon Appetit series, like Gourmet Bakes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe there's an episode on zebra cakes. That maybe I there is. And watch and I can learn how to make my own. Yeah, I'm sure there's got to be a little Debbie cake. So I think they did Swiss cake rolls at one point. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to need a hexagonal cookie cutter because yeah. they have to be hexagonal. There's no doubt about that. They or, definitely have to be. Or Christmas tree shaped. Which that would, would, also, would also work. That would acceptable. also work. Yeah. I think little Debbie's um, cakes fall into what I have personally began, begun describing as the um thin mint phenomenon okay yes okay give me a la- so i'm gonna go ahead and i'm gonna drop my own hot t- hot take yeah. here which is that i think thin mints are wildly overrated well there's no doubt about that ben there's okay. no doubt okay. about that okay. but okay so here's the thing of all the strong opinions about weak things of all that of you might have yep. let me tell you a, if you need a good starting point to get into this sort of thing <laughs> everybody <laughs> you're looking to like, get into strong like, opinions how, about weak how do things. i how do i grow a strong opinion how do you grow a strong opinion let me tell you what the most 
common one I've ever come across is people's feelings about Girl Scout cookies. Yep. Everyone has a strong opinion about this otherwise weak thing about which one is the best. And for all intents and purposes, uh, intensive porpoises. And for all intensive porpoises, that and it, you're gonna, there will be people who disagree. But let, I mean, ultimately, it normally comes down to three. Okay. And those three are the Thin Mints, the Samoas, and the Tagalongs, which are the peanut butter ones. Yep. Okay. And people will get real into it. They will say like, well, sometimes they're called Caramel Delights, and sometimes they're called Samoas. And if you get them at the place that makes them that's called Caramel Delights, then they're better. But if you get the Samoas, then they're not as good. You know, people will get deep into the weeds about this exact right, topic. Right. Yep. Okay. But the fact of the matter is Samoas are the best. Um, that's my strong opinion about this week thing. These are my favorite Girl Scout cookies. That, 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 that's <laughs> like the coconut caramel. That's the coconut one. Chocolate drizzle. Right. Yes. No, I agree with you completely. Yeah. I, I, I too think, and I, it's like one of these things where whenever I eat a Thin Mint, I'm always like, this is so like, it's just not that satisfying. Right. You know, it's, it's not, like, yeah. it's, it's like a half of an Oreo with a little bit of mint flavor. It's not the treat I want it to be. Yeah. And so the thing is, though, like in the act of buying Girl Scout cookies, at least once upon a time, maybe it is like, you know, Girl Scouts going door to door saying, can I put you down for a couple of boxes or whatever? Yeah. And so in that moment, you have to decide what is my future? What is my annual, you know, intake of Girl Scout cookies going to be? Right. Am I going to like. You, I, I, you need to get some variety, clearly, but you got to get the most of something, right. probably. Probably. And what's that going to be? And for me, that's always going to be the Samoas. And uh, like if I was going to get like a backup box there, I'd probably get the Tagalongs as well. Okay. You know, the peanut butter ones. Just so just to mix it up to help support the scouts, you know. Sure, sure, sure. Whatever. And so like given the full menu of things to order, I would never end up getting the Thin Mints. Okay, like right. you would you would just not order them at I all. I just wouldn't order them at all. But here's the thing. If I was like at your house and you put out like a plate of thin mints, like of course, I would just eat them without stop. Without you know? so, like you would you would mm. mow through a whole sleeve. Right. So the what Girl Scout what these three in particular or what Girl Scout cookies in generally do is you've got basically three cookies up there that are all at like you know, 100% or at 99%. Right. Okay. Like in terms of like your your ability to enjoy them, but given the need to order them on a form, you're only going to go for the 100 percent one, even though the 99 one is right there and still very good. Sure. Right. Sure. Okay. So the Girl Scout pheno- the Thin Mint phenomenon is when people are vehemently against something they actively really like because it's not as good as the thing that's even better. <laughs> Wow. So it's like, if people ask me, like, if I were to talk to people about Girl Scout cookies, I would thrash Thin Mints, even though they're actually really good. It's like, I would never, but all I mean is that, like, I would never choose them first, given the options. But, like, does that mean they're bad? No. I would just never choose them if I could also get Samoas. I see what you're saying. You know what I mean? I see what you're saying. Why why, why go for a 99 when you could have a 100? Exactly. But the thing is, 99 is still really good. (laughs) Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I think that's an interesting take, and I think it's. But so then you say that that's that that applies to Little Debbie cakes in some way. I think. Well, this is Little Debbie cakes is like you know they're right in that category where it's like I will always think that oatmeal cream pies are the number one Little Debbie cake because they are. Well, and no, I mean, as you know, such, you know, I would therefore slam all other Little Debbie cakes as not as good, even though the fact is you could put almost any of them in front of me except the nutty bars, and I would be like very content to eat them because wow. they're all really good. So you would. You know, wow. Wow. You would not eat a nutty bar i i if i see it i just go, i would pass yeah just pass i would pass too many packed lunches too, no just i think you know ben if you go back i'm sure when you know you're in the afterlife and you, you review the footage on the snack basket you will notice that the nutty bars are there all of the time and it's not because we're restocking them like we are the oatmeal cream pies at the office it's because no one's picking them they're just left there man as a kid i loved them because you can you can break apart the wafers and like eat the peanut butter in the mm-hmm. middle no delicious mm-hmm. no good at all oh, no i i honestly i do i feel like i have to i have to disagree with your take on <laughs> on oatmeal cream pies because uh, i mean i will i would <coughs> like that's the one for me that it's like it's like i'll, I'll like i'll like get, it's a pity snack it's That's a pity a, snack. i'll walk over and be like ah poor things i don't mm-hmm. normally choose these mm-hmm. i get i 
I guess. You guess. I guess. I, I People guess think I'll... they don't like the oatmeal cream pies, Ben, but the longer they're around, you're like, man, these are really good. No, these they're really they're good. they're they're fine. Mm-hmm. They're fine. They they make my mouth feel dry. <laughs> okay. is what they do. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, okay. Well, I feel like that's a that's a pretty good transition point because you have you have included something that I am excited to talk about okay. in this week's episode uh, called the region beta paradox yes and i i actually feel like what you just described doesn't feel terribly far off from essentially what the region beta paradox is yeah we were sort of flirting with it earlier and i think we've probably discussed it without knowing what it was called in the past you know what one of my favorite things though is when we accident upon a real life phenomenon yeah, no yeah doubt. We, we're setting people up for bingo we are so setting hard. people up yeah, man people are they are bingoing like crazy today um okay so i'm gonna I, I just learned about this over like the last few days and i it's like i think it's like the number one thing that plagues me in life and it's the thing like chances are you listener at home are already suffering from it in some capacity excuse me I was gonna say you might be the only person I know who can like talk and burp just just like like as if right nothing happened, it. <laughs> just like completely unfazed by the entire experience. Yeah, what you might not know about me, listener, is that I tend I like I burp more than the average person. There's no way around it, and I don't know when it started. I don't know why. I don't I don't know. It just happens. And like, there have literally been people in my life where they'll be like, they will point it out. And I, I will literally at this point just say like, yeah, you'll get used to it. <laughs> and like, <laughs> like, cause it's like, there's nothing I can, it just happens. It, it just happens. happens. It just I'm happens. not like trying to do it. Um, so I'm sorry. I would try and really um, avoid doing it, talking on the, on the pop, but it does happen. And I'm sorry. Um, anyway. The region beta paradox is when worse situations end up being better for you because they prompt action. So what that means is the example, the, the classic example, if you look this up on Wikipedia, is like, let's say you have gotten a new like you, you're, you're looking for a job and ahead of time, you don't know where that's going to be. But you decide like, well, if it's if it's if it's a mile or closer, I'll just walk as a way to like, um you know, to get some exercise in, that's not that bad. But if it's more than a mile, I'll bike or whatever. So uh, the situation would be that like, if it ended up being like, let's say two miles away, then you would bike to work. Okay. Right. But the irony is that by biking, you can bike two miles faster than you can walk one. So in a weird way, the fact that your commute is longer has actually worked out better for you because of this other decision, wherein if you only lived one mile away, it would actually take you longer to get to work because you wouldn't have decided to bike. So the fact that the situation is worse ends up working out in your favor. Or another way in which you might look at this is like a lot of like a bad or like almost too bad relationships are like this right where yes. like if you're with someone and it's like almost bearable you'll probably just stick it out with them because it's better to be with someone than not but if they like actively cheat on you then you have a very good reason to take action to get out of the situation yes i yeah. i had a high school relationship that i think was it was exactly like that where i was like they they've never done anything wrong but I, but I but I can tell I'm not like invested exactly in the relationship, and it's like it's like it would be, it's like if there was a catalyst, then at least there would be a. But nothing has ever right like the, like I'm just not that interested in this person, but they're not doing anything wrong, and they are nice, and it's you know. So if I break up with them, it, it, it will feel like there's no reason other than that, like, I, I just don't like them, which feels mean. So I guess I'll just stick it out with them. Right, right, right. Which, like, which is also mean. Yeah, yeah which so. is also which is also mean. But so this would suggest or, or like sometimes if maybe if you're in a bad job or something. Yep. If you're in a job that's just like really boring and it's just like, but you know what? It's a paycheck. So and you're doing it and it's not really that bad. Whereas like if you, you know, like job hunting would be worse than like than yeah, not having a job would be better than doing this. But like, you know, if you went to you know, work every day and it was like they were screaming at you like every single day and, you know, you were being put down and getting pay cuts like it would be really obvious that like I need to get out of here. And so you would because like you wouldn't put up with it. But that would. So what this would say is that like 
um, like it, it is better. It would almost be better to be in that situation, like in like a negative 10 kind of situation because it will prompt action immediately. Whereas if you're in like sort of like a negative one situation, you might put up with it like 10 times longer and like net like a negative, you know, a hundred or a negative 200, right? You know, which is way worse in the long run than that like short-term negative 10. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I do think we, we've touched on this exact topic before where it's almost like a lot of times you just kind of like learn to like live with like the static noise that's in the background because it's not blaring at you. Yes. And I, I had an example of this that went on for, like three to four years after moving into my house which was that my my front two lights so like over like my walkway this is like one of those things like where i i've never i've never known what the right play is for one let me let me start there because it it had never occurred to me before that you were supposed to leave your front lights on as sort of like um as like a service to the neighborhood if you will like like if everyone on our street didn't leave their lights on at night then the whole street would be kind of dark because there, sure. there are no street lamps or anything yeah so it's like it's like and if it's if it's really dark then th- does that like promote you know burglary or, or or something like that right you know and so it had never occurred to me before and for a long time me and alice's big thing was um uh we we always thought of like leaving the lights on in the house and this was like the way that we were like getting better about like trying to cut down on like energy consumption and stuff like that was we just use the analogy of thinking of like you would never leave a faucet running like your sink faucet like with water just pouring out because it feels like it's such a visible physical kind of like waste yeah you know like like if i came home from work and realized i'd left my faucet running the whole day i would be mortified right but like for the most part, if I if I woke up in the morning and came downstairs and realized I had left like a lamp on in our living room, I wouldn't be like, goodness me, you know, yeah, like, you, like, yeah, you just be like, click. OK, yeah, like turn it off. Yeah. Um, and so for a long time, I, we had we, like our front lights, you know, it would be this thing where I would I, w- I was like torn about whether or not to like leave them on, turn them off, do like whatever. But the other big thing was that the the light switch was so temperamental because the house was built in like 1930. So mm. it's just a very old house and it's the original light switch. And so like in order to turn it on, you like literally had to like take the light switch and like push it to the right. And it was almost like causing <laughs> like the, the metal pieces inside of like the switch box itself to like rub together and like sometimes i even felt like i was like did i just see like a little spark in there or right something? you know it's like, electrocute myself yeah it's like it's like <clears throat> but but you know it was like one of those things where like the lights would still they would still turn on but then like once they were on it was always like one of these things where i was like well, i don't want to turn them off because like sometimes like you know i would have to like flick the switch like 50 times to get them to like come back on again yeah and so i'm like i was always at like war with like this like am I helping the neighborhood by leaving the lights on? Is it, should I turn them off? I feel like, is it being wasteful? But also like the light switch is like, has someone like informed you about the service to the neighborhood? No, it's just, I've just observed that all of my neighbors do leave their front two porch lights on. And this is your assumption about why they do it. This is my assumption. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because my, my, my other assumption would be that people are not expecting like a DoorDash delivery at three in the morning. Right. Sure. Um, You know, so it's like, I I can't think of any other reason why they leave them on. Um, Right. uh, But the, the point is, is that like, it was this like small, mild inconvenience, the light switch itself that it was like, it was bad. And like, like in a lot of ways, it was like this could be even worse, but it never really seems like yeah, like that little spark that happens. It only ever happens when I turn the switch on successfully, which it doesn't always even turn on successfully. Mm-hmm. And so I would never, I would do nothing about it, do nothing about it, do nothing about it, and then eventually it just stopped working entirely. And it was like I'm replacing everything. And so right. I, 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 at that point in time, I went through and like I learned how to like rewire all of like the light switches. And there was like it's like a, it's like a four box, so I had to like rewire all of them oh. so that they matched. I know like a new faceplate cover. Oh man, it was such a thing. Anyway, so now the lights work. But I, any way in that you have on whether or not you should leave your your front porch lights on at night, mm. I would certainly appreciate. Boy, I have not also not super considered this. Although there are street lamps in my neighborhood so yeah it makes as much of a big deal your neighborhood could be better set up for it i'm also more in the city than you are so that's true there is there is there is already existing like burglary that does happen anyway that's true yeah um, so I, I don't know that it'll make a huge difference leaving my two lights on. But. I know. I know. Like, typically, I'm just like, uh, whenever I go up to bed, I'll just turn the front lights off because 
I'm like, well, I'm just you know, not going to pay for the energy. <laughs> the, the, don't leave the faucets yeah, running. Like, come on, yeah. why are the faucets running? You mentioned that to me one time, and it, like it was like it didn't make a lot of sense. It's just like, yeah. And so sometimes, like, I'll, I'll always like check the basement because like my my basement switch turns on like like four lights, you know. Oh yeah, it's got like several yeah. things attached to it. So I'm like, oh man, if I leave this one on all night, like that's a that's, a, that's that's like a fourfer. That's a fourfer. Yeah, just, uh, that is a costly mistake. That is a costly mistake. Can't have this. Switch well, it off. Look at you go. I know. Look saving all go. sorts of monies here and there. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> but so yeah, that's the that's the region beta baritox. And I feel like so many of my complaints in life are just exactly like what you uh, came up with where like my dishwasher was missing a clip or it was like off the off the rung and it's like well I can just learn to live with this right and it's like no it's like now if the if the whole thing had just if the whole rack had just fallen off it'd be like well now I have to change it right because I can't use it at all but in the meantime like I can use it like at like 85 percent and just put up with it and not have to do any extra work right now so i will so so maybe yeah. maybe the real the real uh psa here is is be on the lookout for tiny toxic relationships that you have with your dishwasher oh yeah or dishwasher <laughs> or like right now yeah like you mentioned like water dripping like my shower faucet in my bedroom just drips and it's just like so annoying and it's like i think we talked about this a couple weeks ago and it's like one of those where it's like I can, you know what I can do? I can just put my little loofah under it and then I'll just stop the sound from bothering me. That is solve. What a so, solve. Because that's the main problem to me is that it's loud when I'm trying to sleep. Right. But it's like the real problem is also like all those drips are adding up to water you're actually paying for. So no, that's true. That's, that's true, true too. Someone did respond, and I think that you had your proposal was to change the shower head itself. And they pointed out that you would actually have to change the like the the faucet mechanism not the shower oh head, interesting because the shower head is not control it's not valved in I any see. way shape or form so you have to change mm, the valve maybe that's the problem i have to call a plumber might have to that'd be so annoying <laughs> <laughs> there is like a little like a twisty do on it though on oh, is the shower head so i think there might be a valve because like there's a there's like a twisty thing you can do to allow more or less water through oh like while you're showering to like adjust the pressure so i don't know if that's entirely accurate um well, well, either way, be sure to join us on our new podcast, Carlin Brothers Plumbing. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Transition. Oh, man. Transition. Okay. So, Jay, I've got one for you. Okay. I, uh, we, we talked about, we talked about soulmates earlier. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, is this something you believe in? Um, I think that you could, you could probably make the, the leap to like, like similarly comparing it to like, uh, like your, your zodiac sign, your star sign, your, your horoscope, like whether or not that's something you invest in. Well, I had something recently, uh, that, that sprang up and we, we have actually talked about it, I, I think like years ago on the pop at this point in time, but the personality quiz, uh, resurfaced and it's it's basically like what what famous character are you oh yeah and i have got to tell you that um i have taken this quiz in the past and i think that every single time i have taken it it has always like it's like bolstered my confidence in a way that i'm like i it's a silly internet quiz and yet somehow somehow it's like it's like I want to share it with everyone. Right. Like I like screenshotted the results and it's like, like I feel like I've talked to people, you know, uh, we had like the whole family over for, for Easter, for example, on Sunday, like your 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 family, yeah. our little brother Tyler's family, our parents and everything. And it was almost the type of thing where it was like, I wonder if there's going to be like an opening for me to for me to share my bring news. this up. Like, like, yeah. And I took it like two weeks ago. Yeah. You know, it's like it's been a while mm-hmm. since I took it. But but so uh, I, I went through and I took this personality quiz uh, to determine which which character I was. And the result that came back was a 91% Ted Lasso. Man, how perfect. I know. Although if I, I recall, you're not even watching this season so far. Okay, I'm having I'm having um a, like a like a different <clears throat> issue, which is which is that I don't want it to be over. It has like it has been so and like I want to watch it so bad. Like this is not like a like laziness. This is not like a putting it off. This is not like I like I it, like like maybe I'm out of like touch with it or something. It's like I don't want it to be over. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so it's like I I'm like I'm like refusing to like oh it's it's actually like uh like like um sneakers before I've bought two pairs of like like most of the sneakers that I wear so that when the original pair wears out I have a backup pair uh-huh. and then I don't have to be out of my sneakers sure um and like I, I have recently like cracked into for like like my leather pair that I wear all the time I've right. recently cracked into my like my backup pair yeah and then like when I did that it was like this is it. 
I, there's a it. good chance I'm not gonna this find. Might them. be all that you get. I, I might not find another pair because they're they it's, might they well were, be it. They were released like like eight years ago or nine years ago at this point in time. So like finding a pair in my size that are still like new, phew, hard to find. Yeah, hard to find. Plus they're just also like collectible on top of the rest of it. So I'm I'm basically screwed. That's that's pretty much what I'm here to tell you. Anyway, so <sighs> that's the exact problem. Heaven knows you tried, man. Yeah. I know, I know. Yeah. Um, but that's what this problem how much Ted Lasso. But yeah, so I got I got my 91 percent on the uh the te- on the on the quiz that like identified me as Ted Lasso, and I was like, there's there's just literally no higher praise that you could possibly possibly yeah. <laughs> like you know express to me. And so I I thought it was interesting because um, it, like when I started watching the show Ted Lasso, it like talking about like kindred spirits earlier. It's like. I, I did feel like it like connected with me. Like I felt like like I was like I understand this character like to his bones. Mm-hmm. You know, like cuz I was like cuz I feel like I I like I know what it's like to be the person who like might show up and like be super like upbeat and exuberant and like encouraging for other people and then also realizing that like like that I have like my own inner struggles and it's almost like this positivity that's being like projected is also like right. a little bit like insulating me from like my own like internalized things, mm-hmm. you know, which I think like is a lot of like what, what Ted has going on himself. Um, and so it, it was, it sort of like led me down like a little bit of research and I, I found um, something called the mirror law. Oh, okay. and, and I, what I, is the mirror law? Well, I feel like it might maybe maybe it'll tie pieces of our conversation today uh, together or or maybe not. But the mirror law is the idea that uh, other people are mirrors and you see yourself in them. Mm-hmm. And okay, okay. so it's kind of like like uh, I have been told before that I have like a like verging on naive faith in humanity. Um, but I don't know that I always have necessarily the highest appraisal of myself when you say naive faith in humanity do you mean like in a negative way or a positive way in in a positive way like like i tend to think that i uh like that people are good in okay like right. and, and okay. i will usually assume that you're a good person and um uh, until like probably 10 steps beyond being proven otherwise mm-hmm. like I, I will almost always assume that there's like that like like that you're you're a good person. It's like mm-hmm. there, there's like a phrase in in uh, the wise man's fear, which is like the the name of the wind book, um, and it says like um, like they were nice people. Most people are if given the chance, right? You know, and like that was that's like something that's like stood out to me before. Um, and anyway, but like I I think that it's like a it's like a sentiment that that like I uh, embody myself, and so like I tend to see people as good, and I think that. What was interesting to me about it was I was like, if I if if this is true, if the mirror law is correct and you see other people and assume that they are good, then it's like then that means that I that that like subconsciously you think you are good. Ah, Right. And I was like that was like warming to me. Oh, okay, I can see that. Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, because it was like it was like, okay, like everybody is just trying their best. Like everybody has their side of the story. Everybody has like become the people that they are for reasons that would that would make sense or that you would have followed a similar path had you had those same shared experiences mm-hmm. yourself right um so anyway I, I just thought it was interesting because um be, because I think like when I when I saw the the character of of Ted it was like I felt like maybe I was like Maybe it was like looking into a mirror, but like in a way that was like much more reassuring because I, I'm much more willing to assume that other people are are good in a way that like I don't know that I would typically grant myself. Right. Like I tend to have a pretty harsh view of myself, very That's critical true. of myself. Yes. So for anyway, sure. how is interesting, but the, I I also think it's a good thing to know about yourself because it means if like. I, what I started thinking about was like, well, if you're if you're really cynical or really like uh, like critical of others, then I think that's a piece of like interesting perspective to even then have about like, again, if if everybody's a mirror, and that's how you view everybody, then what does that say about how you feel about you? Yeah, it normally speaks to like larger insecurities about the person themselves. Right. Yeah, yeah, for so. sure. I, th- I would I would agree with that. And I do think there probably is something to this to to the mirror law a little because it's like I feel like there's many times where like I am afraid to like take action on something because of how I know I would feel if that 
happened to me or like I think like I won't say this because it'll make you think that because that's what I would think if someone said that to me but it's like so often like then it's like you're just like putting words or thoughts in other people's heads that aren't real <laughs> right yes yes, yeah. yes yeah ruminating yeah yeah a little bit well sort of that may be like a slightly more retroactive type of thing but mm-hmm. um yeah no it's it's interesting because I think the 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 thought assumes that other people think and see the world the way that you uh, you think, you, you yeah. think and see the world and if that ends up being true uh which which probably just on, on the whole like isn't true but I think that you can learn a lot about yourself if you just like look at things through this particular lens, like mm-hmm. it, it might, it might show you, it might shine lights on, on more about how you like feel subconsciously. Because like I said, like I am someone like if I, if, if I look to see the good in all, um, then that, then hopefully that means that like subconsciously, I, I think that there's good in me, even just dis- despite my own, like, like self criticisms that can, that can certainly. Right. The, that voice is louder, I think, sure than than the other. Um, so it's it's helpful because maybe it's a good way to like almost trick your brain into realizing the way that you view yourself. Right. That is, that's good. And it sounds like that must, I'm sure I'm glad this is comforting to you because it sounds like otherwise you must've been operating under the idea that like, if it took you realizing that you thought of other people as good and therefore you think of yourself as good, then it sounds like maybe you just didn't think of yourself as a good person. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I think it's the, um, like, like when, when I hear people express like a lack of faith in humanity, uh, I, I think that sometimes it makes it, it forces me to believe that I must be being naive myself. Like, like I, I'm more inclined to believe that somebody else is right than that I am. Right. Uh, I if, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. But, you know, I mean, it's like this is this is like where it's so hard to know. Like, I've, I've always imagined so very much like what it would be like to be in the driver's seat of someone else's consciousness mm-hmm. just to see like like how differently the world could be viewed. Right. You like, know? would it turn out that your mind comparatively is pretty much at ease? Or yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or that your mind is like, oh no, yeah, I'm I'm like a churning rapid here, and this person's like a calm lake. Or (laughs) right, 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 yeah, yeah. This is this is. I I think like pain tolerances are very similar. Like we're Mm -hmm. we're like you know like like you you don't know how somebody else experiences pain. So for for example, like I for one get just truly spectacularly and it's been a long time since this has been a problem like like years but uh especially like college college time a little bit after that Mm -hmm. hangovers yeah like mine are colossal yeah you know like it is it is like like extremely high fever like inability to move like rooms like like absolute like and you know i think like a lot of people are like like you know you don't feel like a hangover you know like it's like a mild headache you know and i'm like if this is a mild headache like like I, there's there's so much of it that's like i wish someone could experience what i'm experiencing because i want to i want to know whether or not i'm just being a baby yeah like maybe or, you're just a wimp bed i know okay? uh, yeah, yeah tough exactly, it out jeez right. <laughs> like you just don't know you just don't right. know um like how how somebody else experiences things like what like the relative is or or if there is there a chance like something else is actually going on like it's it's like oh no this is bad this is this is this is like right yeah no like you 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 have every right to be in in pain here right um or do you or do you or do you yeah or you know just rub some dirt on it (laughs) that's right man yeah go eat some grease some grease i know yeah that was that was always like i feel like the tactic in in college like everybody like yeah we'll just go get like taco bell or something i'm like <laughs> no, nah, that was definitely the tech. That was the move for that sure. Was the move. Yeah, that, that was the, the move. Yeah, I remember like well, um, let's see. The my first experience with libations at all was at a uh, beach week. Okay. Whatever. And it was like a really great four days. And then on the fifth day, I was like, Well, last day, I better go big. And that was like like we like, I always make this commentary about like uh dare when we were growing up, which was like the, you know, the little school program that was like, Don't do drugs, don't drink, stuff yep. like that. Yep. Which is, you know, all very good messaging and stuff. But it was always like their examples for reasons not to do it were like like the long term ways it could ruin your entire like life sort of reason. Yes. Rather, like, like at no point dur- during Dare was like a hangover Something listed as like, a consequence. Right. And it was just like I remember not even knowing it. Like the like the it was like so weird. Like the first four nights I'd ever like 
had consumed any alcohol at all, there was just zero consequences. Right. You know, like I just woke up the next morning. We're like, let's go. The World Cup's on. Let's watch America. You know, Let, you know. Right, right, <laughs> this right. Is great. And then it was like the like the last night. I was like, it, you know, it was very much as like, why doesn't everyone do, like what? What's the big deal? Why doesn't everyone just do this? You know, like what? There's this is such a great. This is such a fun thing because nothing can go wrong other than if maybe you make a bad decision while you're under the influence. Also, not true. Um, because what can go wrong is that you can get a terrible, terrible hangover and feel horribly sick for a whole day. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so that, uh, that just like, that hit me like a giant truck on the last night and that was terrible. And, uh, I remember I had, we had to drive all the way back from Myrtle beach and I was like in the back of my friend Bob's car, just like dying. Yes. Yeah. It's like, this is, this is the like, worst. This is the worst. The sun is so bright. I'm in a moving vehicle and it's so hot. And I, yeah. I've been awake for 12 hours and that was the worst. Anyway, not really a great story, but um, <laughs> the point is the next I didn't I didn't consume anything else until like the like the end of the summer. We went on some camping trip and I remember I had to go I had to go work the next day. My part time job at American Eagle. Nice. Super nice. fun. Well, I think yeah. You, like you had like a 10 year of um, like 16 days, like three weeks or something. Okay, yeah. You okay, know, okay. Yeah, yeah. I was working the dressing room. Really, <laughs> nice, really nice. pretty boring. It's really like, just absolutely you, terrible. You need a room. I got you need a room. I got you up. Yeah, I got, I got the key. I'll I'll got special here. key here. But I'll tell you what. I bought so much clothes with the amazing discounts. <laughs> you did. You did. I remember. Yeah. I feel like you had like a belt with like little uh, four leaf clovers. I on did. It. Yeah, yeah. Some shamrocks on it, man. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. Cleaned up. Um, but I remember on this particular day, I was just like, I was not in good, not in good shape at all. And I got to like my lunch break and I was like, we were right next to a Chick-fil-A. That's where the American Eagle was located at the mall. And I was like, I'm so hungry and also feel so bad. And it was like one of these, like, if I eat something, I'm just going to be worse. But also if I don't eat something, I'm going to starve to death. So <laughs> I had, I went next door. I got like this tiny little thing of chicken nuggets. And I remember I ate the first, I took one bite, one bite. And it was like the cure that came over my body was like, it was as if a miracle had happened. No it was way. like, I was like, Oh my gosh, like I feel so much better. You were <laughs> like, solved. Yeah. It was like, this is amazing. And it was like, from that point on, I was like, all right, all right. I figured something out. I, I made a discovery today. <laughs> right, like, I, I am now equipped. I take that Virginia I, I, Dare. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, man. If someone could have just told me about hangovers, that would have been a real relief. Um, but yeah, so that was that was me learning about how to how to recover the next day. <laughs> how to cope. Goodness gracious. All things oh, in man. moderation, right, folks? Yes. It feels like a great time to to close out today's episode oh, on, yeah. on just that truly lovely note. I know, yeah. We've gotten we've gotten a little too versatile. I know. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? It's got to happen every once in a while. Guys, uh, as ever, if you have any feedback for the pop, send it over to popcornculturepod at gmail.com. Otherwise, uh, if you'd like to support the show, you can do so at, You can do so over at Patreon. We have a couple of really cool tiers. The $5 tier, you get access to the entire back catalog of an extra show that Jay and I do called After the Final Pop. It's an extra 15 to 20 minutes that we record after each week's episode. Also, also, we have our exclusive merch tier. It's the best way to get some popcorn culture merch uh, that we have a lot of fun kind of coming up with and designing we've done a bunch of cool things in the past uh but the thing that we're currently doing for the second quarter of uh 2023 is a denine coffee mug which if you are unaware of the like animal mugs that we've done over on super carlin brothers they are like individually hand tossed handcrafted like the best coffee mug you ever drank out of in your life coffee mugs yes um i am so excited it is typically incredibly difficult to get on the list in order to have <gasps> something like these made uh and they're because we do like such regular business with them for the coffee company they had a window that opened up and they were like if you guys need anything for like the first half of this year then we got you and so we we were like okay we're, we're, we're transitioning. We're doing it. We've got the mugs on order. This is the first time ever, though, that because they had to be placed so far in advance, there is actually a cap as to the number of people who can sign up. There's still plenty of room available, so no worries there. But if you want to head on over to patreon.com slash popcorn culture, it's the uh, exclusive quarterly merch tier. Uh, link to that is in the show notes, as well as the link to my uh, my fun personality quiz. Where oh, I, yeah. Where I got my Ted Lasso. What so be, fictional character are you? Right, yeah. Figure out who you are. Let us know. Otherwise, guys, as always, until next time, pop, pop.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.